Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. I'm sitting here at Super Ciders over in Albertville, Minnesota, across from uh, Douglas Cosette. Did I get that right? The yes, second. Sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. And uh, man, if you if you feel like you're lacking a little bit of energy, uh, you need to hang out with Douglas a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> man, you, you know he showed us around and uh, gave us a tour about all the cool things that are going on in the company. And uh, you know, if I could describe you in one word, it's passion. Thank you. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's an awesome quality to have, man. That's by design. Yeah, is I, that something that just come naturally, or too much bang, or too much coffee, or like were you like that way as a little kid? At one point, I was shy. Yeah, I was about in fourth grade. I had to stand in front of the class, and I was scared because I was heavy set. I was timid. I didn't feel I had the best clothes, so I was just, I didn't feel comfortable, right? And I didn't yeah. want to go in front of the class. Yeah. And I just had this make or break moment where I said, enough is enough. Sure. So I went up there and I laughed and I joked and I played the crowd and I, and I almost was the wise guy. But I had a good time doing it and I seen the experience of the classroom, the teacher was happy, I got a good grade, and, yeah. and never, I never looked back. Isn't that interesting, those pivotal moments in our life? That was fourth grade. Yeah. And ever since that experience has kind of brought up the true self of who you are and it kind of changed your direction a little bit. It did. The trajectory definitely was changed and that's why I believe in the rudders are the you know quality of life. You know, you have to be a rudder for somebody and also have a rudder for yourself. Okay. And that's what I believe Supersiders does as a whole is help each individual in the company stay focused yeah. and then each individual helps Supersiders stay focused. So it's this nice, you know, um, reciprocity if you will sure um, on that same note I, I really get the impression that you guys have a, a unique close uh, culture here at Supersiders that you use the word family right where yeah if there's an issue everybody jumps in and helps out um, and uh, not only are you guys co-workers you guys are friends and everybody has everybody else's best interest in mind right Exactly. So um, let's talk a little bit about where Supersiders came from back in the day. I love right? it. Yeah, I love it. All right. So from what I understand, uh, the little bit I do understand, it was started by uh, the current owner's mom back in 1990. Correct. Right. So I'll let you take it from there. So it's a family business. Everybody wants to have a family business, right? You want to work together. You want to share the money and you want to be successful and you don't want anybody to control you. Right? That's right. the freedom. Yeah. So family business started as construction, remodeling, windows, siding, just all around helping folks. Sure. And it was the brothers, you have Jeffrey, you have Jason, we call him JJ, and you have Russell, okay. the youngest. Okay. And then along with mom, and, and everybody's working together. And of course they have trade partners and you can't do all the work yourself, so you have to hire other contractors, siding crews, window crews, roofing crews. Sure. You know, we're super siders, but we do them all. All exteriors. Correct, correct. And then you dabble dabble in some interiors and you end up learning more things and as you go. But in 1990, that's how we started. And as we grew and as we transitioned and began to become more, it realized that at some point, you know, where do you, where do you stop, mm. right? You know, you don't want to be a master of everything 
a jack of all trades. Okay, so it became more as like not only exteriors, now you're looking at kitchens and, and gutters and, and yes, yes, yes. All of it. And, and so then you had to figure out where is our forte. Yeah. And so we focused on siding, okay. windows and roofing. Okay. And that's our big three. Now we can do other things or we can work with other trade partners to help people. So we really want to make sure that we're not pushing you away to a contractor that may hurt your feelings or ruin your life. Yeah. And that comes from that Harvard study I love to tell everybody about. Yeah. I'm not smart enough to make this up. Harvard did a study and realized there's over $450 billion spent in our industry every year. It's a lot of money. $450 billion. That's a lot of in money. In the construction? In the construction and remodeling industry. So if that money is being spent, and they realized by doing research that less than 30% of customers would rehire or reuse that contractor they originally had yeah. based on the fact that the job wasn't completed, completed right, or there was some kind of other discrepancy. Oh, sure. I mean, we're, we're running into somebody's life and tearing open their home. It's a semi-marriage. Yeah, you yeah. have to make sure you work that process. Yeah. And so when that doesn't work out, that's a lot of money that's going the wrong direction and being misspent. So what we really realized as a company is that we have a duty. If we're not serving the community, 70% of people on average per that study are hurting the community. Mm. And there's a lot of contractors in our state. Minnesota's flooded. So yeah. we really have a, a duty to do. And so at the end of the day, when the challenge came back, I believe in 2008, yeah. right? hard times, it's really difficult. You really wanna make sure you're able to do the right thing for your family, the community, and the future. Sure. What do you do? Do you pivot? Do you close the doors? Is it the best thing to do? Yeah. And, and, and the owner of the company at the time, which was Russell's mom, looked at Russell and said, you can't do this. You have to save these homeowners. Oh, okay. This is what you need to do. You have to run this company. Yeah. Or understand your older brothers aren't interested. They have different th directions they want to go, but you need to do this. Yeah. And he took it to heart. Yeah. And here we are. We're still running. It's 2021. We're about to reach our 31st year of business. It's just an amazing feeling as a small business. And being small business, not a large corporation, not somebody that's being publicly traded. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's nice to have that security. And yep. then the family aspect being it's started by a family. So everybody that gets brought into the company needs to be considered family. Hmm. Otherwise, yeah. it's no longer a family. Yeah. And so what does that mean? There's a lot of vetting. There's a lot of good questions. Why are you here? What is your purpose in this company? Isn't it? If it's just to make money, there's another place for you. Sure. If it's just to get status or yeah. feel good about yourself, there may be another place, but if you really want to work together with a company and a unit and a family, and you really want to help the community, and you really want to do the right thing and make money, well, this is a fit for you. Yeah. And so it's hard. Which brings you to the uh, core values that you mentioned. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's what yeah. separates our, our company from everybody else. Being cautious is a hard thing for a salesperson. So our first core value to be cautious is a very difficult thing to tell anybody that needs to make money. Um, I'm telling you, pull away from the sale, even though you're looking forward to that commission. Okay. Well, why would I tell you that? Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that you can't do legally by following the building code unless you're doing a whole understanding of work. So it might be a whole wall. So do it right or don't do it at all. Thank you. And so I have to look at a customer that invited me to their home on their personal time and say to them, I'm sorry, sir. 
if I were to do what you asked me to do, it would be an illegal repair. Mm. So I have to do this at minimum or I have to pass. Mm. Interesting. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, but yeah. when you follow that, be cautious. You don't put your company in a, a comparable position. You don't put yourself as a salesperson in a comparable position. Mm -hmm. And you're really not ruining relationships or hurting people and being a part of that 70%. So what, uh, overall, let's say you had that conversation with 10 homeowners, what type of response do you typically get out of those 10? Six out of 10 get upset. Really? That's their initial reaction? Okay. Although, Douglas knows how to handle that. Of course. Um, two out of 10 understand. Okay. And I would say, you know, the other, the other two just basically, it's a, it's a free for all. It depends on what they're feeling that day. Okay. You know, they can, they can understand. They could get upset. I've had people curse at me. I've had people literally ask me to leave the home. I've had, they love, or they, they love to do this one if they're upset. They love to threaten that they have another, another guy or another estimate. Yeah. And it's at that point, it's not a threat. It's just basically, it's not a fit. Yeah. And if I were to enter into this and do something wrong, I could compromise the company by being shut down, or. I could ruin your position, your comp your your integrity of your home by not doing it properly. Sure. You know, it's 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 a lose lose. Why do you think they get upset? Do they think uh, oh this guy's trying to take advantage of me? Despite I, the fact that it, it, see, it seems like they yeah. may be feeling that they're being taken advantage of. Yeah. But when I peel back the layers and I ask questions, what I truly discover is they're just had a bad experience in the They past. had a bad experience, but they're they're scared. Oh sure. They're nervous. Yeah. They're it's their home. It's where the family yeah. sleeps. It's yeah. their largest investment, and and they're just it's there's so much emotion involved. And the control, they're kind of giving up control. It's like, all right, you guys have my house. That's an emotional piece. Oh, once we start tearing into it, yeah, yeah. you know, with hammers and claws and and it sticks and bricks and Lincoln logs flying around, it's a scary thing. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. So that was the first core value. Which be cautious. Be we cautious. love it. Yes. The second one is be curious. Okay. Find the information. Don't just ask. Yeah. Look it up. Right now, we all have computers on our hips, smartphones. Sure. I'm, I'm from the 90s. I grew up in a computer lab at school. The only way you could research anything was at the internet at school or the library. I have encyclopedias. I wish I, wish I did. I wish I did. I asked mom and dad to buy every time those guys came to the door. They never did. The Britannica or whatever it was, right? right? right, right. And, and so, but I was that junkie. I wanted to learn, and I yeah. knew there was a lot of knowledge yeah. in there, but I never, I never got the chance. Yeah. So it was basically, if you didn't learn it at school or the library, you didn't have it. Well, now you can just sit outside in a lawn chair, and you can do research for 35 yeah. minutes in the sun. No excuse. So, so be curious. Yeah. Let's learn what's the best process. That's why we have our Monday morning huddles. Everybody brings information to the table, table literally and yeah. says, this is what I was looking at or found or saw on a commercial or seen and, and, at a trade show. Let's entertain it. I think this would be a good fit, and we all discuss it. We may do a test on somebody's house or build something in the back. Yeah. You know, be curious. Uh, I thought, where are you going to go with that? I, I love your answer. Um, but I also get the impression from our short time knowing each other that you guys are also very curious about what is it about the homeowner that they want or need Boy. rather than just come in there and start puking out your, your benefits and how great you are. I love how I, you say that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great understanding, almost projectile as well. Yeah. You know, like that's what people do. They just come out and start spewing it's it with a fire hose. It's all and about them. Yeah. 
you said it well. Be curious as the homeowner and understand what their needs are. Uncover the behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and that's where I make the best deals. Yeah. Because I know they're really doing this because they want an area for the grandkids. Sure. Or they're really doing this because they're sick of the cold draft in the winter. Or they're really doing this because they're getting moisture buildup in the attic. Right. And they know it needs to stop. And so I, I work on that and I deal with that, but asking questions, layering questions, and making sure that I never put in the way of what I need to tell them based on what I want to say. Sure. So the problem is I think most salespeople have what they want to tell somebody. I want to tell you a story and I want you to believe it. Yeah. Well, that's not what you need to hear. Sure. So I need to focus on what you need to hear, not what I want to say. And so that's the challenge, right, is how do we do that and how do we make sure that we stay in line? Well, being cautious, being curious, um, it leads right into the next one, being unreasonable. Okay. Is it reasonable to show up late when you had a flat tire? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, isn't there Uber? Yeah. They can come out in 15 minutes. <laughs> sure. Is it, is it that important to you or is it not? You know, and so we're being reasonable. Call somebody to, to come get you. Um, ask somebody to fill in for you. Hey, can you make it there in 20 minutes? I, I just had a flat. That's that team environment. Let's be sure. reasonable. Let's not have excuses. Yeah. And then, and then that leads right into the last one. Be your word. Do what you say you're going to do. Be your word. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And if you're doing these things, you're cautious, you're curious, you're unreasonable, and you're, you're being your word... Just by that itself, I think we're in a top five to twelve percent of the industry. Well, I would say I, I, all, all industry. Yeah, it, yeah and I so mean, those are great things, not only for supersiders in the construction industry, but I think all businesses for sure. And I'll be fair to say this is something we strive for daily. Yeah. None of us are completely perfect Masters, at any of these. Yeah. Yes, and that's the point: is is let's become better every day. Yeah. Awesome. And, and that's that's what won us the award. I don't know if you're privy to it. The um, 2019 Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Ethics. Oh. I mean. That's nice. Yeah. Better Business yeah. Bureau ranks construction salespeople and car salespeople as the number one in complaints. Interesting. But yet we won the award for ethics. Nice. And you have to be nominated. Not anymore. But back then you had to be nominated. So somebody other than yourself, had to nominate you so many times to even get the nomination. Then you had to pass the nomination and get to finalist. Then you had to beat out the other finalist and accept the award. Mm -hmm. I did it personally on stage down at the Radisson Blue Hotel All by right. Mall of America. Right. It was a little intimidating. You looked down the pipe of Channel 5 staring at you and you're like, is this live? Like, what's, you know, but it was, it was fun. It was fun. And awesome. then one of the few times I actually kind of stuttered and I was reading my little uh, iPhone that I had my speech ready and I blanked out halfway and I just had to wing it. I, I was like, I don't know what, I'm not just going to sit there and go, uh, uh, you know. It's funny. Yeah, I got a, all right. Well, I got a video of it, and it's yeah. it's fun to watch, you know. So, yeah. but it's it was the moment, and, and ask anybody in the company. Um, the story was, Douglas said from day one, "This is our year." Mm. Everybody's like, "Why well, hope?" I said, "Stop hoping." Claim it. Claim it. Yeah. And I said, "We were finalists in 2017. We didn't win. We were at that uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. They had us in a big area." Russell's standing up there and they don't call our name and that's why he didn't want to go up this time. Uh, but I did it, you know, and, 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 and so it was like, no guys, no game. This is our year. Yeah. And then we won it and they all just kind of looked at me and I go, I told you. Yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. It was great. Good but then it was like, let's not rest on our laurels and hang our hat. Now let's go back to work, roll our sleeves up, not win another. Let's let somebody else win it, but let's let's show why we deserve this award. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, be curious. Now, we went into your, uh, I don't know what you call it, showroom sample area, and you went through a lot of different samples and uh, uh, products that you guys offer, and you talked a little bit about... Um, why you choose? Why you chose to use or recommend these types of windows or this type of siding and the, the benefits or the drawbacks? And um, so, you know, one thing in particular that kind of stuck out to me, and you might want to elaborate on a few different things, but uh, aluminum roofing. Oh my gosh, permalock. Permalock. Okay. Right. So let me just ask you a quick question, if I could, Jason. Yeah. When is the last time you ever heard anybody say? I can't wait to re-roof again. I don't think I've ever heard that, no. Yet, we're using an asphalt shingle product on a regular basis, on an 80-20 split, mm -hmm. and it's a 12 to 15 year product at best in our, in our climate. And then you gotta replace it. And you move, on average, every seven to 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. you're basically replacing your roof and leaving it for the next guy. Yeah. And this is what happens, because every time somebody buys a home, they have me out, I do an inspection, I show them a 30-point synopsis of how their roof is compromised, I do small scab repairs, let them, yeah. let them know it's a two-year you know, repair, it's not a warranty, it's just I kept it, stopped the bleeding, right. and, and you need to get it done as soon as possible, and the price is only increasing. With COVID and, and, and hailstorms and rioting, yeah. it's just it's insane how yeah. you know one day after a hailstorm, the labor itself was 300% higher. Jeez. And, and it, we, I, I literally kind of looked at some of these trade partners and said, I won't forget. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I got I, you. Yeah, I appreciate you, but I, I see everything and I don't forget. And I won't hold you to the fire, but I definitely will choose somebody that I can trust more. Sure. You know, you could have worked with us, right? We've been with you this long. You don't have to just do it because you can. Yeah. You know, so that was the hard pack. But it, so I tell folks, the price will only go up. Mm -hmm. Yet I want you to do it when it's comfortable to you. If this is going to take food off the table, then what's the point? Right. If this is going to make the mortgage difficult to pay, then what's the point? Right. You know, I don't want to put you in a corner and I don't want to scare you. So I'll do a temporary repair today. I'll earn your trust. I'll earn that relationship. So when you do have the money and you are ready, I'm your guy. Right. That's good. And I love That's it. Great. And it's what dad taught me on, on the flat roofing aspect as a kid when I went with him. He would always do flat, flat roof repairs. And his company was so mad at him. You're supposed to charge these people. What are you doing? We're not sending you out there to assess it, not fix it. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and he's like, son, you, you do this and they come back. Sure. And I never forgot. Yeah. And so it's that integrity, right? And that's when I noticed that Russell Winslow, the owner of the Supersiders, had that same integrity. I, I latched on. Yeah. I latched on. Yeah, that's an interesting story, too. How you tune that? Oh, yeah. That was a fun one. You want, you want to bring that up? Okay, all right. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, no, it's no joke or, or hidden fact. Um, I'm the show pony. We go to the trade show. Everybody wants me. I'm not even, a, not, not kidding you. They pulled me aside to other booths and said, can you please help this guy? Or other people have come to our booth and said, can you explain this product? Other contractors. Wow. And I remember looking at my boss going, you okay with this? You know, like, I don't want to be helping the enemy, you know. And it, and, but at the end of the day, there is no enemy. It's ourselves. And, and, and so it felt good to share that information. I'm only learning more. And I'm only showing the value of supersiders and the separation of our company. You know, they're nobody like us, and this is why. 
And so we're at the trade show and I'm having fun. I'm with a different company at the time. I'm in the booth, you know, proud as a peacock. I think I was juggling in the aisle and I had people coming. I was just, and I'm not even a juggler. I was just having fun with it, right? Yeah. And, and all kinds just to get attention. Sure. And then they come in and then they look at your books. We were doing kitchen and bathroom modelings. And you get them invested in the book and then you ask them to come to the home. They don't want to remodel, but they're interested in seeing what that would cost. Sure. Well, if they don't know, they'll never buy. So we get the information to them. And I don't pressure sale, but I just go out and have fun. Yeah. Well, he's watching me. At some point, end of the show, we're all cleaning up. We're going home. It's probably 9 o'clock on a Saturday. And the boss at the time at that company and I went out and got a bite to eat or a drink or something after the show. And he says to me, he goes, yeah, that guy over there in the Super Cider booth came up to me and said, um, yeah, if you don't take care of that Douglas, somebody else will. And I was just <laughs> floored, like, wow, what a comment, you know? Like, I mean, you know you're pretty good, but when you hear that, you're thinking, yeah. wow. And this, nice. was a, and this was a guy that I kind of looked up to. He had a really cool marketing scheme. He clean cut. You could tell he knew what he was doing. I mean, I read people for a living. I could just feel it, the vibe that he was, he was focused and on point. And it was fun because he wasn't the normal trade show Come over here and buy, 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 buy. Give me your number. Give me your number. He had a different, yeah. He had a different style. It was more like, call me if you need to. Yeah. But he was making sales, yeah. so I was, he was on to something. So I liked him, right? But I didn't know why. And, and then, so when the boss told me at the time that I was working with that guy, said this, okay, you know, I just thought it was cool, and I put it in my pocket. Mm. About eight months later, we meet for a plant tour for one of our products, LP Smart Side. It's in uh, Two Harbors, uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Or Duluth or somewhere in that area. I'm not too familiar. Yeah, right there on the border, somewhere like that. Okay. And and we're meeting for this plant tour, so you meet and you go up in a van together, like two companies. Okay. And it was like oh, I seen him, he seen me. We're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, we haven't seen each other. So we're talking in the van. We're having a fun time. It's just a nice van ride. It's like it's like um like a school field trip, if you will. Oh, right. Sure. So we get up there. They put us in a hotel. Um, we go to the plant tour and at the end of the night they bring us to a, a dinner or like a brewery and a little fun event so you're not bored sitting in the hotel. Right. And so we're talking and he tells me some information about Permalock. Okay. And I asked him, I said, well, what if I'm able to sell one of these roofs with the company I'm with? Can I do that? He goes, oh, of course. Oh, okay. You know, well, what would I make? He starts telling me, even if I don't work for your company and I'm just like an outside source? Yeah. Interesting. That's more than I'm making. <laughs> He's like, no way. I go, yeah. And I'm training people. Oh, wow. And I'm doing extra stuff that I'm not getting covered for. And I'm not even... And I screamed and kicked and yelled in a meeting with the CFO twice. And I'm being told that I'm being unreasonable and I'm afraid I'm going to get canned. So I just shut up. Right? <laughs> right. And I'm just like, okay, the squeaky wheel gets greased until I get fired. You know? <laughs> like, so I'm like, I'm not playing that game. You know, I, I want to I wanna live healthy and happy. So I just kind of shut up and flow solo and just kept doing my job. Well... Then we met and we sat down and had a meeting, Russell and I, after this event, because we said, we got to talk, you know, and we sat down and had a meeting and he offered me something and I said, okay, and he said, well, let me close out where I'm at. And he said, well, fair enough, but if the time to, to do it would be now. Hmm. Okay. And so I looked at him and I said, well, I have to resign and, and do it legitimately. I'm not going to jump ship and hang on from one to the next. But I said, uh, let's do it. And we just shook hands right there at the table and we're at Cafe Zupa's over in Maple Grove and... It was a fun event because from that point forward, I never looked back. I didn't have to sign any paperwork. I didn't have to do anything on documentation. It was an agreement, and I joined the family. Awesome. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm a Winslow. 
I'm a hyphenate. I, I claim it. I'm a part of it. I come to the family cabin. I, I go a part of the family events. I, and I, I love it. I embrace it. It's, you never know what you need until you find it. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I found Super Siders and Russell as a whole, yeah. it really showed me that I'm home. Yeah. And so that was like, I never have to look for a new job. I never have to worry about it. Now I just have to grow and become better so that I serve those that are serving me. Awesome. You know, and, and that to me is, is a sustainable method. Yeah. Yeah. So grow with the company. So we talked a little bit about the past, a little bit about the present. And um, I'm excited about the future. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I don't know if you and I are uh, coming back to do podcast 2.0, maybe three years from now. Or All right. So I got the crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm looking in it right now. <laughs> what, what, what do you see in that ball? I would what say you... five years from now, we have a few more salespeople, more of a team environment of sales. Um, we're doing a little bit more revenue, but not a lot more okay. because that's the challenge is once you get into the millions and I imagine now with inflation, things may have changed, but I've been in this business 12 years. So I always said five to 8 million start getting scared hmm. because if you get to 10 to 12 and you haven't dialed it in and you don't have a real control of your company, yeah. you've lost control. Yeah. And then you're going to get to 20 and 25 and it's no longer your company. Yeah, it's going to go off and, and you're going to be known as those guys. Yeah. True. What's the point? Right. Why did we survive 30 years through everything we've done, including this recent pandemic? Just if, to lose it all. Yeah. yeah. Or just to give it up to some corporation to be bought out or something. Like, it's not, it's not the fabric of supersiders. So it's very important that we grow in a healthy form. But Keeping we're only... those in mind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm the junkyard dog. If they don't get by me, they don't talk to nobody. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, they always, first thing first, you know, it's, it's talk to Russell, talk to Douglas, and then, okay, it's, we'll see if it's an opportunity. Because we're very, we know the questions to ask. Mm. You know, we've been there. We've done it. We've been around the block. You know, we're not perfect, but we, we really read people. It's what we do for a living. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a police officer or a judge, but, you know, I... I'm in, the, I'm in the trenches, you know, asking somebody for twenty, forty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 out of their bank account. You know, the, the joke is, right, the buyer's a liar. And, and it's not that they're intentionally trying to hurt your feelings. It's that they're withholding information because they're scared. Sure. And so if they were a five-year-old child crossing a busy highway, you expect them to be scared. Mm -hmm. So it's your job to coerce them and coach them along and give them the confidence and security that you're right there with them. So and I'm not selling you. We're collaborating as a team and we're working together on this. Yeah. And so when you sit next to them versus across the table, it changes yeah. the game, metaphorically and physically. Yeah. And awesome. so these are just things that you start to pick up and learn. And as a child, I always read through the lines. Okay. I'm not saying I'm a psychologist or I have a degree or anything, but I, I, I understood things that people weren't saying. Okay. And so I knew I had to exploit that hmm. for good, not evil. That's your right? strength, huh? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so, and, and that's why I, I want to continue to learn and grow and have more of a systematic form of doing what I do so that things aren't being left behind or omitted or overlooked. And that's, that's the whole point. You said it earlier that you're doing pretty good. Ah, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Not because I want to be better because I got a company following, yeah. you know, I'm not the, the leader, but I have those I lead. You know, I have children, the 13 and 16 year old boys that look up to me. You know, as, as any parent knows, you know, they see more than they hear. Yeah. Yep, we do.
do as I see. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, once I'm not here anymore and there's nothing that I can say to defend myself or promote myself, all I have is what I've done, what's on paper, what's documented, or in stone. hundred years from now, none of us at this table will be, will be around. Right. I, I want to live to 100, but that would be 139, right? So I'm not, I, I know it's not <laughs> happening unless there's an elixir of life. But that being said, you know, I'm living to 100. I've stamped it right now in stone. So that's happening. That being said, in 100 years, we won't be here. Well, what will be here? It's either our, our, our children, our offspring, what we've started and created as a company and an entity, the um, changes and implements we've made, the way we've impacted those that continue to impact is a ripple effect. You know, I try to think about these things. It's very important. You know, it's, we have to understand that, right? You know, like it's not just today. Yeah. And I have a fortunate situation. I don't know if the camera's still running, but I have a fortunate situation. I have epilepsy. So when you have a life-threatening disease oh, and you geez. realize any night, any day, you know, you, you just, you stop, you stop taking it for granted. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's not easy because people say, oh, well, you know, everybody would do it. We all want to live every life to the fullest and not waste any moment. Right. But we get caught up yeah, and yeah. we get in the rat race yeah. and we watch the news.